Welcome to another year of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm taking it easy. This is still technically like, it's not a regular episode, it's our summer episode, I guess. It's, it's the end of July. The first game's in like nine days, apparently. It goes fast. Um, but I'm going to ease into the season. I'm drinking a very simple beer. Beers have gotten too complicated, too many ingredients. Uh, this is this is a nice can. It's a very pretty can. It's from Collective Arts Brewing in Ontario. This is their Guava Goza. It's an ale brewed with guava, coriander, and Himalayan salt. It's 4.9. It's pleasant, refreshing, tart, crisp. All the things you've come to expect from uh, a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Uh, so there's supposed to be four of us for this show. Uh, <laughs> Patty, after mysteriously only not being available Wednesday, was suddenly not available Thursday. Uh, and, and James, the best I can tell, just works uh, somewhere between 100 and 120 hours a week. So the only person joining me on the line in Massachusetts, so New England Owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Good to be back. And uh, I can't believe uh, it's just the two of us again. I We, we don't need a whole nother season of uh, this madness. Uh, so actually, like you, I've got this really nice Devil's Purse. I'm trying to keep the breweries on Cape Cod. Devil's Purse Brewery. It's a South Dennis style table beer. It's just a uh, hoppy pale ale. It was fermented with lime juice. So it is kind of uh, a little bit tart, but it's very crushable. And uh, thankfully, it's only at four percent um so i may have drank other things before leading up to this but this will suit us nicely as we ease our way into the season it's going to be a long season so it is best to to, just take it easy this week it'll be a a low-key show so the agenda for whatever episode this is i think it's 140 i may or may not figure it out before we're done we have the off-season news we have a roster review. That's where we'll cover the transfer stuff. And then we'll then we'll take our temperature, see how we're feeling as we go into a League One campaign. But we'll start with the offseason news. We do have to take a little rewind uh, back to earlier this summer where, uh, as we covered on and off throughout the last year of the podcast, Wednesday seems to have issues consistently paying their players their contractual wages, Justin. And the league finally stepped in uh, and said, I mean, I guess Wednesday players stepped in first and threatened to quit on Moss, in which point the back wages got taken care of. And as far as the EFL is concerned, that's all kosher. And as long as they continue to pay their players their literal contractual waivers, uh, wages, they will not get a point deduction. However, if I think between now and the end of the year they miss uh, missing check, they get a six point deduction. I think into next year it'll only be a three point deduction. Um, otherwise, they are clear of uh, any FFP issues. Sort of, they're allowed to make free transfers and take players on loan. Uh, look, this is a mess, mostly of Wednesday's own making. But Justin, what exactly does the EFL do all day? I'm curious. <laughs> Uh, persecute us and Derby, apparently, uh, amongst others. Now, and you know, Jeff, I think when this news came out, there was a lot of sort of uproar, at least on, you know, social media and keeping an eye on it. 
And to be honest, I didn't even blink, and I don't even think this matters to me either. I mean, I feel like they've gotten away with something, if anything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It feels that way. But, like, if we, either Chance Theory and crew have figured this shit out, or they have not. And if they have figured it out, then this is absolutely nothing to worry about. And if they have not, to be totally honest, six points isn't going to be the biggest issue that we have going forward. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I thought this sounded kind of frightening. I definitely, I scrambled around trying to figure it out. But again, I can't. Either the dude, homeboy gets it or he doesn't. And, you know, we got to kind of ride along and, and hope that the answer is he gets it. Yeah. I mean, everyone's saying the right things, I guess, more or less, but that's easy to do in July. <laughs> uh, and they have made some, you know, some player acquisitions, which we'll get to in a minute. They also did finally publish the books, which showed a fairly significant deficit this year. A fairly significant deficit two years ago. And because of the ultimately mistimed, but eventually completed stadium sale, a uh, very large profit last year so they are clear of ffp i guess two years from now when that year gets cleared off the books we'll we'll see where they are but um i guess perhaps i'm I'm jumping the gun on the agenda a little bit in terms of like how we're feeling but it does seem at least like there's the veneer of normalcy so far yeah it's hard. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. This offseason feels very short. Maybe it's because the Euros took up so much of my time. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like football has ended that quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like much like my job, uh, I couldn't wait for the Wednesday season to end so we could just <laughs> stop going through that for a little while and take a break. So I'm glad we're doing this this week. I'm kind of you know, really starting to, you know, get back into and, and, and pay attention stuff to prep for the season. But it, it does, like you said, everybody's saying the right things. So far, things look smooth. I, I think, you know, when we talk about Jaden Brown a little bit, like the word on him was that he had many other suitors and he waited for Wednesday's books to clear, uh, waited for the embargo to drop, you know. So the, there seems to be some positive they seem to be getting some things done still a few question marks but you know so, so far everything seems on the up and up I, I certainly don't think we're hms pissed the league but <laughs> it, it's also not i'm not in the we're you know we're sinking the league too without a doubt category yet however justin some things are exactly the same and it is roughly nine days or so before the first match of the season Wednesday do not have a kit. They have a new kit producer. Um, they have up. They have signed a contract with Macron that was done fairly late, so that might be why we don't have a kit. Uh, they were playing. <laughs> I don't know what exactly they were playing in in preseason. It was a, obviously a, a a loner sample kit or whatever. With very it had it had the white stripe in the middle, which I'm sure angered people, and weird like jagged edges to them. In like the 14 minutes or so on Twitter before I realized this was not actual the actual kit for the season, I had talked myself into it, sort of, in a weird way. But the club appears to have leaked a, a close-up, I guess, of of the new kit. 
and I don't know. It's a close-up, so it's tough to tell. I need to see what the collar looks like. It does mean they've simplified the badge a little bit and like dropped the little banner thing. The embroidery looks more like a professional job from a professional menswear company, which is which is nice. But uh, here we are. It's 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 nice to see that some things are still the same in good old S six. Yeah, though. They'll get here. I, I'm actually with you. I kind of uh, white stripe aside in the middle aside. I talked myself into those uh, a little bit, but nobody can just. And this is the issue with the the kit leak. There's like weird. I think it was described in the WhatsApp group as Sharpie drawings inside the blue stripes. Nobody <laughs> can just do like solid colors anymore. Like that's the new trend. There has to be some sort of weird design tick to. Whatever you're doing, you can just be plain blue stripes. That's be little weird abstract line art or something. Well, like you said, right, faded edges or yeah, last year was the weird like pixelation. Uh if you saw uh uh Inter's shirts last year, I think Inter mm. has some of the best kits in the world. And I don't know what the hell they did. They took their black and blue stripes and zigzagged them. That's just you know, Man, so Man City had like the weird uh pattern stuff on the sky blue kit you know everton this year is not just like it's like weird geometric things going on or something you've seen the spurs roads there yeah, yeah. you're right there's a lot of stuff it's, getting over it's fine i think we'd all be pretty content with like you just said jeff give me <laughs> give me some blue and white stripes with a blue stripe in the middle and uh you know we're good let's move to who will be wearing the new kit whenever it uh it actually shows up and they have actually had a fairly busy transfer window so far obviously i'm i'm guessing a fair bit more to come but to quickly run down you already mentioned jaden brown who is the uh the left back from huddersfield so we're off to a good start we've already identified the areas where the the squad needs more depth um, and he does, as you said, he's a, well, the overall theme here for the most part with, with one exception that we'll get to later on is they seem to be bringing in, you know, young out of contract players with pretty good pedigree, uh, many of whom have experience in this league and perhaps know what they're getting into. And it's like young wide players with pace. And I think Speed and athleticism. The yep. the overall key, uh, Darren Moore seems to want to build. I think we're it's pretty safe to say based on the the squad moves they're they're going to play a four two three one this year. So, and he's sort of moved towards building the squad around it. And if you're going to play a four two three one, you need fullbacks. And I guess we'll cover them both here. You know, Jaden Brown, a, a, a you know left sided defender, and the return of Jack Hunt. Yeah, for sure. Brown, uh, the one thing I like about Brown was that uh, when you sort of do all the statistical breakdowns of it and you see some of those sites like Statsbomb have the pizza chart of the player and you, mm -hmm. you look at their strengths and their weaknesses or whatever, he's definitely an attacker who will dribble. Um, he's also left-footed, so, so he'll fit in nicely on the left side to be able to work the ball in or hopefully get deep and, and do some crosses. But apparently he's also a pretty good tackler, too. His overall defensive numbers don't look great, but he is very good at removing the ball from people. So I, I think that's a good sign. And then, you know, Hunty, that's I, I was really happy to see a short-term deal for him. I'm, I'm very distrustful of 
giving older athletes uh, too much rope. Um, I mean, Hunt's only 30, but there's a lot of wear and tear on those tires. Sure. But I think he's actually a, like a really, really good fit for for this league. And yeah, 100%. Like, he can, you know, you, you have sort of the, the left-sided option where you can do more, maybe like some more, you know, direct attacking, overlapping runs or cutting to the inside. And you have Hunt, who's just a very traditional up and back, can put a cross in, which might be important with, you know, a, you know, a Patterson type playing up front. So it, it gives him a couple different looks. Uh, at fullback, obviously you still have uh, Palmer here. Iorfa can also play uh, on the on a in a fullback role on the left if need be. So uh, Galvin as well. Galvin has so always shown well last year. Yeah, their fullbacks. I I would kind of expect based on Brown, you know, waiting and coming in and you know really connecting with more. I would expect we'll see Brown and Hunt with Palmer with the ability to cover either side. Uh, Galvin as well, and as you just mentioned, I think in a pinch, putting Iorfa on right. on the right side, and it does give them you know, bad either. It does allow them to uh, feature the youth players like Galvin a little bit more without relying on them per se. Right. No, and you know what? The thing with Hunt that's really nice, much like uh, you know, Jaden Brown saying that he waited until the embargo was yeah. over, he turned down better offers that came. Hunt had offers in the championship and you know, he, whatever Darren Moore is selling, people are buying and, and that's, you know, that's really important. Like Hunt too, this is, you know, he is a, you know, he's a 30 year old right back. He's had injury issues in the past. I don't like, he really never got his sort of footing after leaving Wednesday. He's really kind of probably in for his last major contract at this point. And to, to take a step down and be willing to, you know, take a league one job when maybe there's some championship offers out there, I think, you know, it speaks to something. It might just be his familiarity and, and, and comfort level with the organization, which is, you know, you would think the more familiar you are with Wednesday, the less likely you'd be to uh, want to come back. But I think it can also be that I, I, I do think you need a balance. You do need to have those veteran voices in the locker room. You know, and, and players that remember the better days here too. I think that has that has value as well. Hundred percent. And he actually said in his comments one of the reasons that he came is that he felt they wasn't able to finish the job with a promotion last time, and he'd like to do it this time. Yeah. So, I mean, again, everybody's saying the right thing. Yes. But at the same time, it's 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 cool. I, I when I first heard it, I kind of thought, oh, not this shit again bringing back the old guys but i think it's gonna work out really well yeah, you said about and like it, i had I'm the same excited. i had the same feeling about hutch but i think he acquitted himself quite well last year and again fitness is always going to be an issue there but he can i think you know both those both hunt and hutch can certainly do a job at this level oh for sure for sure uh, well, we can stay on the back line briefly. Uh, David Ogbontahoma, a 19-year-old center back from Southampton, with him at all. He's, you know, probably one for the under 23s. But again, yeah, Southampton youth player is an interesting, you know, it's certainly a well-regarded developmental factory. Yeah, no, and that's I guess that is the word on him is that he's going to start with the U23s, but they really like his his promise going forward and as you point out correctly 19 year old out of Southampton's academy how are you not going to yeah. you know at least take a look especially well, there's always like the question of, of like why did like Southampton awesome. let him go but yes <laughs> um, so i think for me the most 
interesting ad of all of these. And I think the the player that might have the most impact uh, on the first team squad, and I could make me remember, like, I hate to use the word like talismanic. I think that gets overused. Uh, Dennis Adenaren from Everton, who was most recently on loan at Wickham. So I'm sure so, uh, someone uh, Darren Moore is probably familiar with. He looks like he's going to be a very useful, you know, midfield engine type player, whether whoever he might be playing alongside in a, in a midfield two, or maybe up front behind a striker, if Windass isn't available, but I'm sure you've done your, your research here as well, Justin. So what do you have for us? Well, basically from, from looking into him, he's Massimo Luongo. Hmm. He tackles the shit out of people and he can carry the ball. You know, he's Which going to good, be exactly Massimo Luongo is really healthy. Well, exactly, exactly, exactly. He's going to be that. He's going to be that. You said it, that midfield engine. I think he's going to be a guy that's able to, you know, both protect the protect the back line a little bit um, and also be able to get that ball forward. And, and I'm really fascinated to see who what the midfield setup is, because yeah. I'm, I'm with you in the it, it certainly appears that Moore is trying to do his. Is four two three one. I think Bannon is going to be one of the two, you know, sort of deeper line midfielders. It's interesting um, you say that, and we will get to Bannon because there's certainly still rumors that he might be on the move out at some point in the coming weeks. True. There's true. An argument to play uh, Adoniran and Luongo as like a double pivot. Right, and that allows especially if you have fullbacks that are especially you have fullbacks that are going to be more attack minded as well. Um, but Bannon's never really fit great in sort of that deep lying playmaker role. I mean, he he does it. He thinks he does. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> he does like to drop deep, and it's uh, yeah. Again, it's we've had this discussion over the years on the podcast in a number of forms. And I've always been fairly steadfast that Bannon's best role with the club, and granted, this is we're now talking five, six years ago, so he's a much younger man at the time too. Was a you know the left side of a midfield four that was you know functionally really a diamond, and that allowed him a certain ability to freelance out there, but had him more, you know, really more of an attacking winger midfielder type player that could you know come back and and drop a little deeper and you know kieran lee could go out wide or you know he certainly had uh you know fullbacks that could bomb beyond him as well but generally like, just played you know, a little more he still could pull the string but he played a little more direct he i think he was just asked to do too much probably over the last few years yeah, well, he, he hasn't, um, and again, I, I realize sometimes I'm the resident Baz hater around here, but, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, he hasn't really had, you know, he's had four different managers in different systems, yes. hasn't really had the guys around him, you know, but I, I do think if you paired him with, say, Luongo, or, or uh, how, do, how do you pronounce it again? I'm Adeniran. going with Adeniran for an or Adeniran right, for we'll now, we'll for figure now. it out at some point. Uh, we will. Um, so, you know, one of those guys who's able to stay a little more back and give Bannon mm-hmm. sort of the what what's considered a number eight role that that box to box midfielder and have him push up a little bit more and not be afraid to be 
not quite a number 10, but behind that front line. Because when he does drop too deep, uh, there's nobody in the central midfield. Thus, our, get the our donut. donut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and who's who's the one other? Uh, Olamide oh. Shadipo, who's a left-sided winger on loan from QPR. Uh, again, a guy that's fairly well-regarded. Um, and certainly uh, had interest from other clubs as well. Uh, Moore seemed very excited to get him in. So, uh, again, maybe a more... You know, they didn't really have... Like, uh, Moore obviously didn't play a, a, a 4-2-3-1 for the most part at the end of last season, but you know, getting that sort of like left-sided attacking midfielder winger role I think was going to be key for them. You know, you really need to fill out the sort of the attacking three behind the striker that I expect will be Patterson for the most part. Uh, they yeah, didn't have the, they didn't have those players. <laughs> where we are. Uh, I expect Windass. I know he's hurt right now. Um, and certainly also there have been a number of transfer rumors around him, although it, it seems like he wants to stay here as well for whatever reason. Like He feels like the, you know, the, sort of the center attacking midfielder like the number 10 playing off Patterson in the in the three yeah I think I feel like those those two would kind of uh with, with it, Andre be, Green on the right I mean Andre Green could probably play more centrally too but well uh Shadipo has actually played striker before yeah. too um and and he can play both sides so I, I think there is that flexibility um yeah I don't know what to do up front um I, I think both Windass and uh, Patterson can sort of be that nine ten, and in some ways it would almost act the way a old four four two would, where you know the players sort of exchange what their jobs are. You know, big man, little man. This guy heads yeah. it. This guy runs through. This yeah, guy yeah, Patterson can certainly it. drop deeper and do a hold up play, and Windass does like playing off the shoulder of the last defender at times as well. You know, it depends on sort of what the nature of the attack is if the attack's going wide maybe windass drops a little bit deeper while you have patterson running into the box if you're playing a little more route one or through the middle you can you know flip that around it does give them some more tactical flexibility in that way i mean we should say this yeah, straight I up mean, like patterson and windass again assuming he's healthy that's a very good strike force pairing at this level well that's you know that's the key when i was looking at you know kind of our whole lineup and again i i'm not close to thinking we're going to piss this league sure but but at the same we'll get time, to predictions next week <laughs> yeah but at the same oh, i don't even think i'm going to have a prediction i don't no, i don't know i don't guys, i don't know anything about look, league at, one. <laughs> look at this league like dude, we're playing fleetwood town in the league like hmm. gillingham like i don't know anything about these teams yeah you know we'll, we'll learn is, about them together justin it's this, fine. <laughs> i hope so uh no the the interesting thing for me and and we will touch on this when we talk about what we want to get is going to be that number 10 role i I think a lot of the other parts seem to have come together um and who's going to be that by who's going to be that guy you know where where does alex hunt fit in and what are his contributions at this level and then the guy that i'm looking to see and wonder if he can take a step up because uh, I think his game could possibly fit into that number ten, his fizz, yeah. and see what what he can do. Uh, but I will say, is one last sort of uh, guy that I know we have on the team um, that I'm really curious to see is Charles Hagen. Who, yeah, they, I know Darren uh, Moore talked him up recently as well. He as may, a, yeah, he may be 
He may be I a always, really good striker at this level. Yeah, man. I've gotten. I feel like we've gotten burned so many times on <laughs> these youth <laughs> on players that yeah. Going yeah up no, it's ranks, true. But, but. Uh, so that's who's in. Uh, not much on who's out. We can, I guess, finally put a cap on the Osaze Arihide era. Um, I think the last podcast we did it many months ago, it was. We talked about that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. He has signed a contract with Celtic, which is where all our good young players go, apparently. And I think we got a, a couple bucks. Yeah, they got whatever the the training fee or whatever they call it. Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, same thing with... Uh, wasn't much more than... Uh, uh, see, I, I'm blacking his name Liam out. Shaw is what you're looking Shaw. for. Shaw, yeah, thank you. Because he left. Um, let me just mention two names, though, that uh, I've read as sort of rumors, or one I know we've heard a couple I've read. Uh, remember, I think we touched on this at the end of the year, but Kyle uh, Hoodland, Hoodland, the six foot nine yes. uh, striker out of the National League, yes. he's still, still um, available on our radar. Yeah, and they've been talking about bringing him in. And then uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Oh, my. Uh, yes, well, he's. Uh, Burnley's looking to loan him out, mm. and uh, I feel like he's a really I didn't good like he... FIFA career mode or co- like coach mode player. Like he always, uh, he always pops a yeah. big rating at some point. At least well, the last um, FIFA I played, which I think was 2019, but he's Northern Ireland's number one keeper, I guess. Yeah. Which I didn't uh, realize. I didn't watch, um, you yeah, know, the other irish part um during qualifiers and they obviously weren't able to make it to the euros but um the, the obviously championship clubs are sniffing around him too sure. but you know i i'm probably wrong about this but i'm comfortable with dawson and wildsmith at this level um but i also think to get i mean in, if james if james were here i feel like he would have uh <laughs> fairly harsh words about that but well i don't see him anywhere so i will just mention that i'm fairly comfortable with those two and but it you know to get somebody on a season-long loan who can provide stability and has experience in big games um i certainly wouldn't complain if they brought somebody in and and, you know frankly maybe forced wildsmith and and dawson to uh push each other to see which one's going to take the step up if either of them are able to. Yeah, we will move to what they still need. And I think we both might agree it's still goalkeeper. Well, maybe, maybe Justin doesn't. But we do need to touch on the rumors around Barry Bannon. Uh, last I saw Brentford and Swansea seem to be poking <laughs> around. And it's unclear whether there's actually a, a release clause here. With I've heard a million dollars. That's the number that's supposedly been floated. Uh, Bannon has done like a non-denial denial of it that I saw. So, I mean, I guess to frame it this way, is Bannon... I guess it's a separate question. Is Bannon starting the first game versus is Bannon still here on... Oh, they moved up the transfer deadline, right? It's no longer the end of August. Oh, uh, I don't know. I thought they I thought they moved up the uh, full transfer deadline at least in England. But you see how well prepared we are for this podcast. Like I said, some things don't change, certainly. Um that, So I guess I'll just frame it this way then. 
is Barry Bannon an outgoing transfer at some point in this window? Well, I, I certainly don't have a clue. I mean, if you look at Chance Series history, right, I'll, I'll talk to my contacts at the club, yeah. Jeff. Um, I mean, we never sell players, yes. So that's it, right? So the fact that we never sell players, especially ones that have shown loyalty to the club or been around, mm-hmm. that just doesn't happen. So I would be very surprised if it does. Um, I think Barry Bannon... As we sort of discussed, I, I don't think he would be most effective in a four-two-three-one, and kind of given that and our overall issues, I'm okay with moving him, uh, getting a million pounds plus whatever else. Like that's. I mean, I guess the know, counterpoint is he could absolutely boss this league. Uh, he, like, could. he could. He could be like if you're pushing to go right back up to the championship. Like I don't you need Barry Bannon in the midfield? If that like Maybe, a statement yeah. of intent, you know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean I mean I, I don't think there's easy I, I don't think it, I like I mentioned that I thought you know, I talked about sort of what I thought his best role was. I don't think he's necessarily a system player in the sort of the way we'd talk about like he certainly had great games playing all over the midfield. Yeah, inconsistently. But sure. again, I don't I don't want to start I can't believe I'm starting the season off mm-hmm. shitting on bad again but like you said jeff some things never change huh? literally the best wednesday player of the last half decade but yeah <laughs> yeah no and all i can do is rip them yeah um i i do think you're though, a true uh, true south yorkshire man in that regard probably <laughs> yeah. i'm getting there i'm getting there um yeah i i think i think we'll see him on the squad okay so what we've talked around this and even to it a little bit so far what is what do you think they still need? Pick one spot. I want one, you got one more incoming transfer move. Where are you filling out the roster? Uh, I mean, I, I think, I think I did mention that the three, I think that we really need, um, I think we could use, uh, I, I like the idea of another goal, goalkeeper coming in. Um, I, I really think that we could use a, a central attacking midfielder, somebody who understands what and, and can uh, do what Darren Moore wants to do with that position. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's on the roster right now, but we could use a, a pure number nine, somebody who's going to get us 15 goals yeah, in this sure. league, you know? Like, I mean, we talked about Hagen already. He might be the second string striker at this point if Windass misses any significant time and uh, we did talk that uh Shadipo can play there I assume Green could also and I think Green has played up front now and again Shadipo had 13 goals and three assists at this level last year mm-hmm. so playing for Oxford and, and I don't think he was full-time with them so yeah. you know it, it may be the type of thing where we get goals everywhere um I think out of those three I I want to know who's going to be pulling the strings on that front lines so for me, it right. would be the attacking midfielder. I'd, I'd love to see somebody who can control the ball and distribute. But yeah, I think for me, we'll see. it's goalkeeper. And yeah. I, I I thought about this, and I don't know how they're going to win games this year. And I don't mean that as like a morose, cynical Wednesday fan. But I just feel like they need a a, a veteran, steady hand, like a reliable 
goalkeeper that can that can marshal the back line and just keep everything organized. Like it's gonna be a it's always a grind, but it's gonna be a grind. We also the the Johnson's paint trophy or whatever. There's like a lot of games and everything else. Right. And I like Dawson and Wildsmith have certain like Dawson and Wildsmith should be able to more than able to do a job at this level. But I just wonder if between you know Wildsmith's injuries and Dawson being jerked around by an in and out of favor with different managers and certainly still has a gaff in him as we saw from the Barnsley game it, it, I just don't know like I feel like they they might need to move on like it's like a change of scenery we talk about in in baseball like it's just a change of scenery guy they need to go somewhere else at this point to to further their careers whatever that looks like well, that, that'd be the nice thing about bringing somebody else in. Like I said, you'd sort of force one of the two of them will hopefully uh, show that they are able to stick with the club and the other one can, with a you know nice pat on the back, uh, get lost and go get that change of scenery somewhere else. We, we will also have uh, between, again, provided they're here, but between Dunkley, Iorfa, and Hutchinson, um, I assume Burner's gone. I guess he's agreed to a contract, but Wednesday hasn't agreed to the fee yet. Um, yeah. But I assume he's gone. But between Iorfa, Hutch, and Dunkley, that's some pretty vocal. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like they could still on use one more center back in there. I know Palmer's played there at times. Brennan is probably the fourth. Oh, yes, yeah, Brennan. Yeah, that group. And, I, and I like him, Brennan. Sure. Um, he Again, be... he's in, it's the right spot where he's not going to be relied on, but you can certainly work him in as needed. That's that's the hope. Um, but, I mean, Christ, as we've seen over the last few years, if we don't have, like, five deep at every position, um, you know, we're going to not have left backs or yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know? <sighs> So the season starts in whatever nine days from now. And even like, how do we have an ESPN Plus game? By the way, I thought. Uh, <laughs> no. So the first game, the first game is the uh, EFL Trophy against. Oh Arsenal. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's, that's August ESPN Plus. So, yeah. Um, There's too I, many too many competitions now. <laughs> yeah, are we uh, actually in that Johnstown Paint Trophy or whatever it's called now? Yes, but I think because they're in League One, that doesn't start right away. I don't know, man. I haven't had to deal with this in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the. Is it the Papa John's Trophy now? Did I just pull that oh, out? It of might my... be. It might be the Papa John's yeah, Trophy. Excellent. I think it is. I just remember it as a Johnson's Paint Trophy. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't like. So it had looked like this time last week or so. Yeah, about a week ago. The Mets got off to a really bad start second half against the Pirates and look like they've been going into meltdown mode. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is this is how things usually work. It's the cycle of my sports fandom, right? The Mets start to crash late summer that gets me excited for Wednesday. And then by March, <laughs> I'm bored with Wednesday and whatever they're doing. And it's time for the Mets season. But the Mets actually have righted the ship a little bit and are, are still winning the division. But I think I'm ready to just like put the game on at 10 a.m. on Saturday. I think that's where I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to put the game on and watch it. And it should be less dire than it's been the last couple of years. Fucking better be there. 
like that's like we're in league one now like, yeah and again i'm not i don't think i think it's any wednesday fan that wants to sit here and be like you know if you're you're totally allowed to use the massive phrase ironically because i'm sorry that's still funny but <laughs> any wednesday fan that's coming down and hopefully hope to god the club isn't is coming down here and thinking we're just going to piss this league and we're going to go right back up like that is not the attitude to take. Like, I don't think there's any doubt we're going to win more games this year than we've seen <laughs> recently. Uh, sure. You know, we've got we've got a squad. We've got a manager. Um, I, I don't know where we're going to go. I, I'd imagine we have a we'll squad be... and we have a manager. Those are the bare requirements to play. <laughs> the bare requirements to step the on the field. Right? Football league, yes. Uh, without looking too deeply into it, I feel like worst case we're kind of like a top half of the league squad and that alone will be so many more wins. They might score, they might score goals. Over the, oh, we're going to score goals. They could, cause like, look, they might, there might be a player in this squad that scores 20 goals this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's possible. I'm just saying it's possible. Your role. It is possible. Like Cal Patterson are possible right could now. shit house his way to 20 goals this year. It's true. Um, so I'll tell you, if you want to sort of talk about, um, maybe the season a little bit or just more Wednesday. So I, I played in a uh, hockey tournament last weekend in Burlington, Vermont, and I spent most of the weekend shirtless drinking tequila, smoking cigarettes. So it was a wonderful hockey tournament um, as we go. But I uh, had to call my family, uh, obviously, to check in and make sure they knew I was still alive. And I had to pretend to be pretty sober. Um, we, we won the championship actually, uh, which is pretty cool. We've been up there five years. We've never won. So we win and I'm out in the parking lot drinking and, uh, I call my family, my kids, I FaceTime them and I'm wearing, uh, actually the shirt that I'm currently wearing, which I allowed my daughter to decide which shirt I would wear, uh, for the opening podcast this season. And it is, uh, last year's, uh, away, uh, gray and black camo oh it's the it's like uh, the affliction knockoff uh shirt. it's my jamie my jamie vardy shirt mm-hmm. um <laughs> as previously mentioned so i happen to be wearing that uh, as i'm drinking in the park not facetiming my family and when the phone picked up uh my daughter was wearing her probably circa 2017 uh home uh blue and white stripes and my son was wearing his recently acquired a uh, uh, gray camo affliction jersey from last year. So it was just, it was so funny to see all, then all three of us just sitting there in our Wednesday kits in, you know, a random day in July. And it, it really made me realize, A, I'm terribly sorry for what I've done to my children. Mm-hmm. And, but more importantly, all joking aside, B, like that is who we are and what we do. Jeff. Owls it, in the parking lot. At 10 o'clock on Saturday, we turn the game on. That's mm. what we do. That's what we do. And and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's not even plenty more podcasts to come. We'll do an actual real episode and I think formal season preview. And Charlton preview, I guess. That's the first game. At some point as well. Um, we, do have some, we do have some other business, I guess. Um, the first and most important piece of business is that the SWFC hashtag 
has been taken over Justin <laughs> this week. So if you search uh, the SWFC hashtag, I'm sure you'll find people moaning about Sheffield Wednesday, as you often do. You'll see plenty of ITK accounts speculating about who might be coming in. And you will also see, I'm sure, lots of information about the Fast and Furious Southwestern Fertilizer Conference in San Antonio, Texas. What was what was Mike's line? Mike's line was, I think we can let some experts in the procurement of manure borrow the hashtag for a week. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Some summarizing that. I will say if you if you just sort of Google search SWFC, there's some like Taiwanese financial company that mm -hmm. keeps popping up, but that's why you gotta go with the hashtag uh Wawa. Uh. I didn't look it up, so I'm going to assume you've been listening to episode 140 of the Owls AmeriCast. We think. We think. You can follow us on Twitter at Owls Americas or Instagram at Owls Americas. We're on the internet, owlsamericas.com. The podcast is at owlsamericas uh, at gmail.com. That's our email address. We're doing great. We're doing great. It's still summer. It's not a real episode. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday Nights Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday Nights find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, you already told us what shirt you are wearing for your triumphant hockey win, but what shirt will you be wearing for the first Wednesday game of the 2021-2022 season? I uh, spent too much money on and got, and I'm very excited about the uh, recently released uh, Replica 1991 uh, League Cup Final shirt. Um, oh, yes. I, 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 was like, I was like too, like I saw it and I made a note that I needed to order it and I just like... I like checked the next day and it was already gone on my size. Like that was just bad work by me. I yeah, did, however, I, get the, uh, I got the early nineties walkout jacket that just showed up at my house that I had forgotten. Oh, I ordered for a nice. while. Yes. Nice. It is That's a sharp look. It is a very sharp look. I am ready to go uh, to Brighton beach in the nineties and drink <laughs> a lot of vodka. Sounds about right. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. Hopefully, there'll be more than two of us next week. Yeah.